Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. Friends to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we review, rate, break down, and discuss horror movies, not horror films. Take fucking three, because it's been so goddamn long, I don't remember how to do the intro to my own mother effing podcast. I am so glad to be back. Hopefully you guys can hear that fire ripping in the background, snap, crackle, pop, clickety-clackety. I am joined by... None other than Busy B. What is up, buddy? What is up, dude? Uh, glad to be back. It is uh, the fire is very nice. It's a beautiful summer night in uh, the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, besides the fact that we could have passed on the fire because it's been ninety degrees for the last I don't even know how long, but it's funny. Uh, people are going to be hearing the episode we recorded in October with you, and then this one, and then the next one. Like it's just bam, bam, coming back out, and it's been over six months since we've uh, done this. Yeah, lots changed in the old uh, wild world of sports out there. Um, no, but uh, yeah, things are good, man. Glad to be back. Uh, always uh, happy to help out the show. Um, so yeah, cool. And speaking of the whole Coroli virus, I've been getting a lot of questions about Drunk Darius um you guys can probably guess what happened to him uh the whole Crowley has okay too soon probably not a funny joke but seriously it's been a while and part of it is as we are taking a break to recharge our batteries but drunk Darius for the time being is going to be taking a break from this um I am not one to speak for him but it's just the time constraints and he also did a lot of the editing and I just think that he was, it was too much, and that's fine. Part of the reason it took so long is because I barely know how to turn my computer on, let alone editing, and that was very evident since we've sat here for two hours trying to figure out how to record two, and, and the funny thing is, is Busy B is, is, is kind of a, a smart tech guy, and, and, and who figured it out? I mean, not not to pump tires or anything but (laughs) yeah i had my finger on the fucking button uh no it's funny i work with cole and i'm he's usually coming to me on stuff and typical uh type of guy that cole is he's not really into looking stuff up but we were youtubing and getting it going today uh but no we're happy to uh get this thing finally figured out and I will say that I am part of the reason it took so long is I, I really was doing a lot of research. I want to put out a better product for you guys. I know we've had a lot of people 
messaging us and talking to us and I know that the the sound quality was a problem in the echo and I am here to tell you that I hopefully have all that stuff figured out it's just the whole editing I'm going to need practice with but um, I will promise that we are going to put out a better product not only in the quality of the editing the sound quality but also we're going to spruce and tighten things up with the show as well which um, we heard your guys's feedback and we are making some some changes here so um, again um, back to drunk Darius uh, he'll be making appearances every once in a while hopefully um, just you know with co-hosting but that is going to transition us to the excited news that I have so basically let's get an idea of what this show is going to consist of originally i was going to do just a little update just to let you guys know hey we're still here we're still alive and the joe blow horror show will survive i just i think that might be song lyrics i just wrote there it, re, it kind of rhymed <laughs> but anyways um but as far as the the format of this show we figured we'd put out some content for you guys so what we're going to do is i have two special things one of them is going to be our feature review, uh, similar to what we did with Halloween 2018. We're going to do a little mini review on that. But what I'm most excited for is the interview. Um, I recorded that last night, and I will be putting that in for you guys here at the end of the show. Um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. That was, that was really fun. Uh, let's get to the elephant in the room. Uh, Busy B is going to be joining us, hopefully at least twice a year. But he is—he's going to be an honorary co-host. Oh, wow. But the the Joe Blow Horror Show is going to have a new co-host with Boss Tuna, and I am not going to tell you who it is. But I will say a lot of you will be familiar with him. He is a podcaster out there. He is on the groups. If you're if you follow some of the the bigger ones out there in the industry, uh, he is he's a vocal member in there. So some people will know him, and I am really excited uh, to start this new chapter of the Joe Blow Horror Show with him. So um, I will say his nickname is Tibu, and uh, he doesn't use that in his show. So that might be a little nugget if you guys do enough digging, you might find. But um, so stay tuned. The next time you uh, hear a fresh recording is going to be with him. Little update on how things are going to play out. So you guys will be hearing this first, and then you will be hearing part two of the episode we rec recorded. Oh gosh, how long ago was that? Oh yeah, that was last what October, Busy Bee. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, uh, Halloween. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, yeah, I think it was Halloween night, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be strange. Um, we are going to kind of treat this as a new year, a new season. So um, the next episode is probably going to be a top 20 of 2019. So that probably sounds goofy since you'll be getting that halfway through the year. But everybody loves a list show. So I'm just excited to... We're, we're just trying to get back into the, the, the swing of things. We want to just get back to normalcy, um, both with podcasting and with the whole Caroli. Yeah, keep America on. moving. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, next up on the just a little housekeeping here, um, I guess probably the most exciting thing 
as far as well i just said that about the new co-host but let's be honest here you probably have seen stuff on uh slasher fyi we are now on slasher you might have seen updating i've been doing better with facebook i've been doing better with twitter but if you've been following any of our social media you probably saw that we are doing a giveaway it's gonna be our first giveaway and i've been teasing that for the last couple weeks and here is how you enter so if you haven't seen anything about the giveaway check our social media Uh, long story short i have a book and it's a must-have for any excuse me zombie fan out there what you're going to need to do is get yourself entered into this and you can enter uh, as many ways as you can and how we're going to do this is if you have not liked our facebook page for example that will give you one entry if you haven't followed us on twitter that will give you one entry if you have not given us a review on itunes that will give you one entry so you see where i'm going with this if you haven't followed us on slash app that will give you one entry if you are one of our fans that has uh all you have to do is post on our facebook page so that's how i'm going to be um, tracking this so i will put a new post before this drops and everyone that hits like share comments on it anything interacts with this post i will put you in that drawing and when we record our next episode which is probably going to be our top 20 of 2019 i will announce the winner and you will get that book free it'll be shipped to your doorstep without you having to pay a thing so again i i my worst part about listening to podcasts is when they basically plead for you to like share all that but it really does help get the name out Um, so please follow us on all the social media like share um, interact with us email us as well so basically if you reach out to me whether it's email facebook slash slasher app twitter that will get you one um, entry into the book giveaway and I have done enough of these with other podcasts to realize that half of you are out there like ah, I don't have a chance trust me when I say that out of me saying all of this out of all the listeners we have I it's the number is going to be a lot lower than I expect so uh, you probably have a good shot of um, getting that book so anyways before we move on here um we're we're about getting into the feature review um i guess do you have anything uh any updates anything uh going on in the horror world that you want to share with us uh busy b before we uh get this train rolling uh not necessarily i look for um you know just kind of what's been kind of going out in cinema um just look in the next couple, you know, years. We're going to see some virus, more virus related. Oh, uh, so absolutely. look for a little bit of race relations, uh, you know, type yep. uh, fear mongering um, stuff going on too. Uh, but no, it's exciting time. And um, just me kind of being involved a little bit with the show. It's opened my eyes up a little bit more to, uh, you know the entertainment side of, of horror movies it, it it truly is one of those right. things where um you know I, i've shied away from it for a while but now um not getting back into it and i'm i'm definitely being entertained and that's kind of what it's about and uh you know i wish i wish you and the the crew a lot of luck 
Nicole. I think it's going to be a, a great uh, rest of the year and moving on. I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of good things. I think it's a, it's a really cool community that you guys are uh, involved in. I think it's, uh, it's something that is um, pretty fun. Awesome. So before we get into, um, I guess, the feature review, I, I will say that the Joe Blow Horror Show is going to be at its roots the same, but we're going to tighten it up a little bit. So just to give you some examples, um, obviously with Drunk Darius not being here, we're going to swap out the Drunk Darius deep dive segment. So Tibu has some ideas. So uh, some of the fan favorite segments we'll keep around. The Zombie Gem of the Week was a good one uh, as well. Um, also, we're going to tighten up the show length a little bit. I know that we did cut it into two different shows, but part of it was as we were spending way too much time on the news, which... You know, if you don't listen to the show right away or the problem we had was we wouldn't put the show out for a month or two months. Um, so, yeah, it, we're going to be tightening it up a little ways. So you'll see some changes here and there, but I think it's going to make it a little bit more succinct and, uh, you know, keep you guys, you know, more into what we're, we're, what we're trying to get across as far as with... Um, you know, diluted news segments that people just want to hit that fast forward on and whatnot. So, but, uh, anything else before we, uh, transition to the feature review? No, I think, uh, another thing is just, yeah, if you, if you're into news, you know, follow the page, follow, uh, you know, Facebook, there's uh, a lot of good nuggets, stuff that makes me laugh uh, quite a lot when it shows up in my feed that, um, is pretty timely for now, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to keep that stuff uh, on trend when you're, you know, putting out a podcast, it'd have to be pretty tight. And, right. Uh, you know, and that's one thing too, that I will be doing better, uh, especially with Twitter. It's a lot easier with Twitter. Um, but yeah, follow us on Twitter and the social media. Um, I am probably going to use Facebook and Twitter more for kind of news updates and the memes. And then I'll probably start using slasher app more for kind of, because uh, we, we, we just got, to give you guys a little context, we just got Slasher app last, I think it was Saturday morning, and it's now Saturday evening, and we've got 1.2 or 1.3 thousand friends. So uh, that is going to be a big source where I will be giving updates uh, as well. Uh, and then Facebook is, even my personal account for Facebook, I use that mostly for memes. It's, it's, a, it's a little here and there to, to have some fun. Uh, and get a laugh in so anyways without further ado let's get into our first feature review how would you feel about going to the mountains for christmas grace really wants to get to know you guys Because if you're not feeling up to it. Uh, I'm feeling fine. I can do a couple days. That's crazy. Everyone committed suicide except for her. She's right now. I heard something. What is this? 
leaving. We can't leave. Please let me. We're stuck here. Okay, so clearly we are going to be covering 2020's The Lodge. This is a movie I saw in the theaters, actually, right before this whole thing came down with the corona. So one of the last movies I saw, um, the movie did get made in 2018, 2019, but it did the festival run, and it did not get a release until I believe it was February. Um, so not a full release, but uh, obviously it came to the Des Moines area where I saw it. Uh, so I guess getting into The Lodge 2020, it's rated R. It's 108 minutes, directed by a couple people here. So Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. Um, also, they had, they had some writing credits in there as well. This is starring Riley Keough, I believe is how you say it. So she has a pretty impressive filmography um, for, for really not being that old. She's got some pretty legit horror creds too. So and that was one thing I was going to tell you, Busy B, is she was in a movie that is very on. I know you like the slow burns and the buildups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would the next one I would recommend for you is called It Comes at Night. So I think I've actually heard of that. But yeah, yeah, I'm yep. that one I believe that one is on or it was on. Netflix, but she is probably known. I mean, if we're gonna stay into this genre type, uh, you'd probably recognize her in Mad Max. Obviously, It Comes at Night was a pretty legit film she was in. Uh, Also, The House That Jack Built and Hold the Dark. So, yep, I Uh, they made the yeah they were on the 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 final gore. Yeah, yep, 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 absolutely. This one is starring Jordan Martell, and you, I mean, he kind of blew up in the last couple of years because he had parts, well, he was obviously a big role in It, and he had parts in It, too. Uh, but he's also in Knives Out, which is another one I saw in the ah. theater as well, which is pretty good. Uh, Richard Armitage as well, uh, he played the dad. And then Alicia Silverstone. I know a lot of people, I mean, she kind of fell <laughs> fell off the map. And, yeah, yeah I mean, she's not, was it? that movie uh not legally blonde but what the heck was the one she was in clueless clueless no. was it yes clueless? yes yeah. clueless yep wow. yep so that yeah she's kind of fell off the radar for a while but she was back with this although not very long but uh. yeah we'll, we'll get into that as well um a little trivia i found i mean this movie I cannot wait to get the Blu-ray of this because I got to check out the special features. There's really not much on this when you start searching yeah. the interwebs as far as as you know just nuggets and information. So I'm gonna uh, stoke the fire here and busy B. I'll let you give a couple words with this. So sure, yeah. I uh, I thought that this <clears throat> thought this show or this uh, feature definitely had some parallels to the last review that I got. So. 
right away. This is the kind of the feeling. Some of the things that I look at when I look at film, probably a little more of a scholarly approach to it. Uh, that kind of that feeling of the film style, a little grimy, little kind of a, a darker shot. Uh, enclosed spaces kind of sets the mood all within the first like probably two three minutes of the film um, but again really similar to that uh, hereditary uh, movie in the first 15 minutes there's a lot of things that I felt okay here we go yeah this is gonna be uh, ramping uh, you up yep <clears throat> so yeah I thought I thought it was uh, it definitely you know as far as shock value first 15 minutes you can't get uh, um, you know better off than that so i mean if, if you don't know any better you're gonna look at this movie in the first 10 minutes and think that it's an a24 movie for sure good call yeah uh it, it, it's and i chose this chose this you know busy b and i were we're trying to figure out you know what i realized i was like i don't want to just put out like a 10 minute psa i was like let's get some content out there let's do a movie and he texts me, he's like, well, what do you want to cover? And I was like, I say either an absolute classic or something new. And then I, it, it kind of dawned on me, knowing the type of movies you like. I was like this, it, it was, I was hook, line, and sinker sold on this one here. So it, it is kind of funny that we're reviewing this back-to-back with Hereditary because yeah. there was a lot of parallels with this that will get into i guess but um you know i'll say if, uh you know you're kind of like a sommelier of of horror movies i mean you've kind of crafted to people's tastes and uh i'm definitely gonna listen to a few more of your suggestions because uh, i'm a huge shining fan too and yes. it had that kind of whole vibe going too and now we'll get into a little bit more kind of what i pulled off of that too and that is a perfect segue because i had a little trivia here and there so obviously this does have shining vibes for sure if only the setting where it's just desolate winter i I, some of my favorite settings are and i've talked about this on the show before but doing what i do a lot of backcountry in the middle of nowhere camping trips your mind goes wild but uh, a nod to The Shining yep. is Grady. Yep. The <laughs> Gilbert Grady, <laughs> yeah, the, the dog. Yeah, the dog. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, I caught on that right away. And, uh, yeah, the caretaker who in The Shining was named Gilbert Grady went crazy, killed his, uh, his uh, wife and kids, and then, um, yeah, makes a, kind of a ghost appearance in that movie. But... Yeah, I saw that right away and knew something was getting there. Yes, yeah. And a few other trivia pieces. We, we talked about this a little bit before recording, but obviously this... And we'll, we'll give you guys... What, what I'd like to do, Busy B, is we'll give them a 5 or 10 minute kind of non-spoiler since this is a newer movie. Mm-hmm. We'll give you our, our non-spoiler take here in the first 5 minutes. But um, without trying to give too much away, and I don't think this is... A spoiler but uh, this does have kind of a cult feel to it but again that's not really a spoiler you learn in the first kind of couple minutes what's going on and yeah I, I would say Heaven's Gate for sure yeah yeah huge Heaven's sure. Gate tones I, I was doing a little bit of research after I watched it like you know what, what were some of the cults out there and yeah I think both Cole and I definitely that was one of those well hyped media yeah yep it absolutely is and a little bit more with the um, trivia, it was kind of cool. Uh, Danny Keo 
is actually Riley Keough's real dad, and he played her real dad in the movie as well. So oh, shit. yeah, yep, yep. So he was the um, yeah. The, the preacher, I guess, or whatever you want to you want to call it. So that was that was her dad in the movie as well. So that was I didn't know that the first time I saw it. I found that doing a little bit of extra research on here. Um, as far as I mean, do you have any any other trivia? Anything you want to talk about before we give like a little five or ten minute non spoiler kind of? No, I did. I did some research, and that that was uh, the Grady thing. But I I picked up on that, you know, without having to get too far into it. But yeah, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, it, I, it, again, I think it was one of those movies that I still think a lot of people haven't seen it yet, haven't really broken yeah. it down. So yeah, I, I like that I've actually you know seeing yep. something that's a little more. And it is FYI, it is free on Hulu. Yeah. Is how we both saw it as well. So. Getting into the movie. So the movie starts out and you know what I'm actually going to do is I will, I'm going to find out what the actual plot synopsis uh, is and we'll see how accurate that is because it's always a fun game trying to, is it too spoilery, is it too vague or whatnot. So basically the main one on IMDB is a soon to be stepmom is snowed in with her fiance's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. I would say, I don't know that the, and obviously you're going to know this, I, I would say the, the relations never really thawed, but uh, <laughs> anyways, movie opens up and we basically, the, the father and uh, the, the kids and the mom, so obviously you know that uh, the mom and the dad are divorced or getting a divorce uh, just in the, the little snippet there, the synopsis plot summary. This is a very, it's a slow burn for sure. And I've said on the show before, and for me personally, for a slow burn to work, it's got to have a payoff. Mm. Um, and this one does have a payoff. The It, it almost seems that the reviews on this, you're kind of, one or the other it's it's you really like it or you don't i've seen a lot of people that the last third of the movie just kind of loses them Mm. um but for me it it was so off the wall bonkers that i was like you know what i'll I'll take it so i really did enjoy it but it's some of the pros that i had with this is it does it's an excellent Visual. This is a movie that I think for someone like me that watching this in the winter is going to be that much more powerful mm. for you. Mm-hmm. I, I picture myself like at a cabin or something watching this and you, you're looking outside and you're seeing the snowfall and it's putting you right in, uh-huh. right, right in that cabin that they're in. Uh, so for me, dark brooding. Um, the at, it was just dripping with atmosphere. The sound design was phenomenal. Really good. The way they used sound in this movie to really enhance the scenes w- was 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 expert. And then, uh, as much as I hate to get too snooty and talk about the cinematography, <laughs> it was it was pretty good. The the shots were good uh, as well too. So, what do you got for some of your pros? Yeah, definitely the um, <clears throat> just kind of the feel of. <clears throat> you know, a lot of dark wood, you know, that vibe of a, of a lodge cabin kind of portrayed into 
they're utilizing a lot of these shots, um, more kind of a candlelight feel too, in a lot of that. Um, <clears throat> so that dark and brooding was definitely what you come across. And cold too. Felt definitely oh, felt cold. It, it felt cold for sure. <clears throat> no doubt there. Um, and this was your first watch, right? Yeah, first watch. Uh, went back, kind of reviewed it again, um, just picking up on some more just things that were kind of off the wall. Um, the other thing too, I thought a lot, you know, more symbolism, but really that um, <clears throat> playing off of uh, religion and violence. Uh, kind of this theme throughout and how uh, you know those two kind of maybe a more, more of a historical sort of take or a, uh, um, I would guess a commentary on that right uh, kind of flows throughout that and you can kind of take with what you want out of it but definitely uh, you can you can find it entertaining at the same time you kind of are wanting to break it down a little bit and be like okay what do they mean by this here yeah. Uh, so, uh, other thing too, um, really like the fact that it had dualities between certain things. So, uh, you know, Alicia Silverstone's character was more kind of a wholesome, you know, mom had a nice, you know, decorated house where he's kind of like this Scandinavian design where it's just right. like real clean, modern, yep. you know, and then you go to this lodge and it's clearly, it was, you know, they're old. Uh, uh, stuff. Nothing's so been I, renovated since 1985. Yeah, so I really and he dro- drove an old uh, yeah, Cherokee. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I I thought that that was uh, real interesting on how you know there's a lot you can kind of look into that and that and to me I, I I enjoy that about a movie is that you know I want to think a little bit more into it. I want to maybe go back and be like, well, what were they trying to pull off here? I had that vibe. Yeah, and. One thing, too, that I didn't really pick up. So one thing with me when I watch movies is I purposely, like, I hate watching movies during the day. I will never watch a movie on a cell phone or iPad. I'm very, like... <laughs> I've learned. Uh, yeah. I Well, and it's, you know, I've got a lot of weird, I, I guess, uh, traits and traditions or whatever you want to call it. But this movie, that might be why I don't really do the 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 um rewatches as much but with this one it was one of those i didn't really pick it up on the first one but the second time watching this just the acting i mean the the uh aiden for example the actor that played him was pretty good but the the actor that played the girl the little girl was phenomenal like i was the second time watching it i was like you know, at the end of the movie, you know what I'm talking about yeah. when shit's getting real. It's like, I mean, it was, it was, it was awesome. It, it yeah. just, it made, really made me buy into what was going on. And you actually truly felt like, you know, this is what would happen. Um, and this is how someone would react. So it was pretty impressive. Yeah. She, you know, she probably played a 10 year old in the movie, but I bet she was, you know, for 12 or 14 year old in real life. It was, it was fantastic. I was, you know, people are probably listening to me like, well, I've never heard you talk about shit like that before. But it, well, it, it really worked. It did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's tough to play teenagers or kind of that, you know, preteen kind of going through that, mm-hmm. what they're going through. Um, boy, yeah, there was some uh, <clears throat> pretty meaty acting roles that these uh, kids are pulling off. Yeah. So as far as 
before we get into the spoiler uh, parts, I, I guess I can get into, you know, I did have a couple cons with this movie and kind of nitpicky, but try to talk vaguely uh, as far as not spoiling anything. But some things just didn't make sense um, between the characters, I guess, the dad and his new girlfriend. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, I guess without spoilers, you know, the, actually we're not, we're going to skip that because I don't want to, I really don't want to spoil this for you guys, but yeah. some of the stories, I mean, if you look into it and this is something I didn't really pick up on until the second time I watched it, but you'll know what I'm talking about if you've seen it, but just some of the, some of the things that happened, uh, between the dad and the stepmom, for example, I don't mm. think would, would really play out in real life, but we'll touch on that here in a few seconds. So, um, anything yeah. else you want to get no, into I, before we? I think yeah, some of the some of the cons. I, I I really think that I think the initial script ha- it had a lot of legs to it, and I think the final product they probably had to trim down and kind of dilute right yeah. some of those characters, and that's where you know I think it it maybe didn't co- cohesive wise towards the end like really. Uh, you know, really get polished, and that's where I think my rating is going to be. A, a, you know, you know, look a little bit more critically at that. Sure, is, and that's where I'm going to go with. And I have no problem with the ending. It's just some of the storylines for me didn't match up. Yeah. But I guess we'll get into our ratings um, right now before we really get into breaking down the movie, uh, since we're going to get into spoiler territory. So. Um, Anything that anything finally you want to say before we get into ratings? No. Okay, so I guess I'm going to give you the honors. Where do you come in at for the Lodge 2020? You know, I'm going to give it a solid 6.5. Um, just really because the last third of the movie was... Yeah, I yeah, figured you were one of those. Yeah, and I really think that they could have, you know, flushed it out a little bit better think some of the the transitions they made and maybe the kind of demise of um you know uh grace's character they could have probably really heightened that a little bit more right you know uh i i I picked up on it right away uh i do agree that yeah you could have gone here a little bit more with her to make her even that much 100 percent agree and that's one of the things that like you're saying, I guarantee in the first cut of the movie yeah. they did a lot more with that, and I think even spending an extra five minutes on her character to develop her before, you know, yeah. we get into the meat of the movie would have been beneficial. You know, and, and again, breaking down the dad, you know, he's an author, he's devoted, but you know, what what does that mean? Is he like a, you know, is he a slave to to working all this time? You know, does he have to go to the city? Right. If you're an author, you're kind of working wherever you want. Uh, so to me, it was like some of the, the character developments, they, they kind of, they, they were fluid, I would say is the word. They kind of went in and out of like, is this important to the character or isn't? And then in, all of a sudden it's not. So, you know, developing those people a little bit more, um, or, or cohesiveness throughout. I think the kids were great. And I th- I think that they definitely held up to the movie the whole way. I thought that was, uh, pretty good. So Busy Bee comes in at a 6.5. I am coming in at a solid 9.25. This is 
spoiler alert, my favorite movie of 2020 that I've seen so far. And I've already got a decent amount of, with the theaters being closed, I've got a pretty decent amount of theaters. But again, this movie, like I said, when I say it reminds me a lot of Hereditary, it's in a good way because Hereditary for me, uh, if you've heard our list show last year, was a perfect 10. Uh, This one, not quite there, but I will say that for Boss Tuna, not doing rewatches, this is the exact same as the first time I watched it. I really do think that if you're one of the moviegoers that can sit down and and just kind of let yourself be taken by the movie, it really does put you in a a special spot. Like like Busy B says, I mean, you watch this movie and just with how good of a job it did of making you feel desolate, alone, helpless, cold, the brooding atmosphere, the sound design, um, it it all of that. And just the fact that you have no idea where it's going in the twists and turns and the swerves it takes, it, it, it really does. Uh, obviously, this is a movie that's going to be the most powerful on the first watch because it does mm. have such a strong reveal, but it, it definitely is there for me. So uh, well, anything else before we get into spoiler territory? No, spoil on. Okay, so... The movie opens up with the kids. Clearly, uh, in the first minute, you're going to find out that the mom and dad are separated. I think that even though Alicia Silverstone was, and again, we're in spoiler territories if you miss it the first time, um, I'll put notes in the show notes here for you guys to get to the uh, interview here at the end. But I will say, even though Alicia Silverstone was very briefly in the movie i felt that she had a very powerful character yeah it took me a second to figure out who she was i mean obviously we've all kind of aged gracefully too but uh <laughs> yeah yeah could yeah, it definitely caught me off guard i was like "Ooh, this is uh this has got my attention all right yeah it it and it was funny because i mean i remember i i actually remember this just very very clearly watching this in the theater because it the scene we're going to be talking about soon again a nod back to hereditary it's the exact same thing uh it just sets the fucking tone of the movie but i remember watching this and you know you they did a really good job making you realize that the dad moved out he was the one wanting the separation and the divorce you saw her getting all spiffed up and trying to look pretty. Uh, everything is clean, neat, and organized. Uh, putting the lipstick on, and then she gets to the house, and the lie he says, she's not here, and then her seeing her there, uh-huh. and then um, you know him saying, we need to finalize the divorce. That's the fucking dagger in the heart. Yeah, her reaction was just a, you know, classic housewife, yep. you know, smile. Yep. And then, okay, yep, bye. And then, boom, she's out. Yep. Uh, yeah, I I knew something was going to be off yep. with her. Yeah, and we skip ahead to the next scene, and I this, I don't know for you, I've wanted to talk about this for a while since you saw this, but for me... This was completely, I had no idea this was coming. Absolutely not. You know, yeah, <clears throat> looking at the movie and how, you know, I mean, first first couple minutes you're seeing, like, she's got crosses and, you know, she's, you know, obviously kind of religious, uh, you know, type person. Um, you know, she's straightening up her house. Kind of one of those things where it's just like, that's the one thing that you're going to do is control your life. So I'm just going to, you know, clean up, tidy up my house. Mm-hmm. 
and uh but pouring the drink and you know sitting on the table by herself just seemed a little off but didn't you had no idea that was coming though and and that's where expert filmmaking takes place because in order for that scene i don't think that scene could have been more effective because it would have been different if she was sitting down drinking her wine and then you see her reach in the purse and pull the gun out and puts a gun on the table this is she was rearranging books chugging wine she reaches in her purse you have no idea what's at first I thought it was like she's going to take some like fucking Xanax or some yeah, yeah. depression shit. And the way that they did it was it was like if you blink you fucking missed it. She reached in her purse, pulled that gun out and it happened just boom. Yeah. yeah. And it was I mean jaw <clears throat> drop. In looking at it there's no cuts in the scene. It's just her. She sits down at a table, she pours a little wine. You're just kind of focused like what is she you know it's just like geez, it's kind of sad. Kind no. of waiting for something You're to happen, like, but I was like, oh, she's going to start doing drugs or get, you know, pill popping yeah. kind of thing. No, she went right and for the quick exit. And yep. Yeah. It was it was awesome. It was, I, I was, I, bravo to that. Yeah. So the movie didn't really touch on this, but I'm curious. Uh, my theory is, so clearly we know he's some kind of author or, I was kind of thinking a psychologist, but you think he's more of an author? Yeah. <clears throat> From what a, um, what that's what I picked off was, you know, author, like a researcher, research yeah, something yeah. or another. I mean, because he had mentioned, I've got to go work on the another book. Yeah, I think he was like something. So may you know, in thinking of that, you know, thinking deadlines has to be back to do this sure. thing. Uh, yeah. So my yeah, so my theory was as he did some kind of research on this cult that she was in, mm-hmm. and he met her. And, you know, same thing, you know, is the grass greener kind of thing and met her. She's fucking clearly way younger than him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it was just one of those where it was not necessarily any major problem because they didn't lead on to any major problems with the marriage. He probably was like, hey, this, you know, she's obviously clearly good looking if we remember the bathroom scene. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, way younger. And, and, yeah, so, I mean, you can imagine – it's hard to imagine actually someone doing what she did, um, uh, Alicia Silverstone. But I mean, that's got to be one of the worst. I think it would, and again, maybe flushing out this character, even like how how we do it. I think it's a lot faster that it happened that he moved out and that he got with her, and that's yeah. her reaction because right. as as we go throughout the movie, you're seeing them their relationship of the you know. Um, the the dad in Alicia Silverstone's character, I mean that it's pretty still pretty present at the lodge. Uh, they're watching like last year's Christmas video, yeah. And you know the kids are still about the same age, so I think yeah that that's the shock that where she was still thinking that it was oh this is just kind of a he's this isn't for real, and he wanted to finalize the divorce, and that's where she just flipped out and and that's so and one thing too i thought about is you do actually find out how old the kids are so for example aiden is 17 years old and if you think about it lisey silverstone or 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 their mom really isn't that old so you have to imagine that they were probably high school or college sweethearts and she probably never loved anyone any other Mm -hmm. man and been with him for at least 17 years 
probably well more than that. Yeah. And then for him to just kind of kick her to the curb, um, you know, and then she, yeah, she did dress like a good old home wife kind of mm-hmm. thing. So she probably, yeah, I mean, probably just absolutely devastated. Well, clearly it did. It oh, devastated yeah. her and ruined her and drove her to that. And yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. But but it's it's a phenomenal way to to really set the tone of the movie and yeah. like hey this you're you're watching this kind of movie, and we're breaking down literally the first like fifteen minutes here so yeah yeah, uh, yeah it definitely set the table for sure. Yep. So uh, the next cutscene literally blows her head off. Cutscene to and again it's funny because symbolism with <laughs> or or I should say foreshadowing with yeah. what's gonna happen, but. Um, yeah, so cutscene to the funeral, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, the funeral. Uh, there's a couple things going on there, uh, as far as balloons and whatnot. I'll let yeah. you. I'll let you get into that for a second. I'm gonna go and stoke the fire again. Yeah, I thought that, um, you know, with, uh, you know, another wide shot of a funeral, kids crying, you know dad is clearly sitting in between the kids and probably the Alicia Silverstone's character's family on the other side. Uh, kind of a modern church or whatever. Uh, but uh, daughter is playing with a, a doll. Clearly the doll is the mom. And, you know, there's a scene after the funeral where they kind of release some balloons kind of symbolizing, you know, her journey to the um you know to heaven kid ties the doll to the balloon and the balloon's not taken off so the kid just starts kind of freaking out uh mom's not going to go to uh uh, to heaven Uh, i thought right away i was like okay this is gonna be a ghost movie this is gonna be kind of a thing where she's gonna go and haunt this thing you know kind of a spurned uh, uh ghost sort of thing uh, but yeah, yeah. When I was watching this, my mind was yeah because I saw that and I was like, well, obviously, if because she clearly was religious, so obviously that's going to rub off onto your children. And the scene after the funeral is she's you know the daughter's freaking out. You know, Aiden, you can tell that the kids are pretty close. He goes in her room, sleeps on the yep. floor with her, and you can tell that they're close. But she just keeps saying. Uh, mom's not going to heaven. Mom's not going to couldn't heaven. Couldn't make it to heaven. She couldn't yep. ride the balloon up to heaven type yep. thing. And, and, uh, and that's taught too in, in you know, Bible study and, and yeah. uh, Sunday school as well. I mean, you take your own life. It's you ain't getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. St. Peter ain't letting you in. So, uh, and I noticed that the, the, uh, the son Aiden, he's kind of, you know, freaking out, listening to his sister and he's got a little cross. He's just like twiddling in his mouth his mm-hmm. his chain. I'm like, well, geez, these kids are kind of religious and, you know, or at least rub, the mom's rubbed off on them. So right. Kind of got that feel. Yep. So, again, cut scene, fast forward, six months later. Clearly, it's uh, around Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. Dad breaks the news uh, and says, hey, we, what do you think about um, Grace coming with us up to the shack or cabin? Obviously, this is going to be really hard for the kids. Not only is it six months after their mom has passed, but you don't get a lot of... So this is kind of... I mean, the and I'm kind of nitpicking with my cons on this, but this is where I had a little bit of a problem because it's been six months, but how... Um, how much time have they spent with Grace? 
clearly they haven't been to the cabin since. Yeah. And that cabin is only full of memories with their mom. Yeah. And you're going to take her up there. So the thing that I had a problem with is it's been six months and you're going to send your kids up there for days by themselves with your fucking girlfriend, you know, right after their mom killed themselves. I was like, that just doesn't fucking, I don't yeah. buy it. <clears throat> Clearly the kids are, are strained. Um, mom obviously talked to the kids about how dad's fucking went off with the floozy here. Yep. Uh, so their the per- perception already is that, you know, we don't like this lady. Uh, invites her to Thanksgiving. Kids are not really wanting her even at the Thanksgiving table. Right. And uh, she shows up, and he, you know, dad has to say, "Sorry, uh, sorry, honey. Uh, kids are uh, kids are still a little upset." And then so they sit down for Thanksgiving, and then dad's gonna break the news. Say, "Hey, our family cabin. I'm gonna bring my uh, my, my young <laughs> chick up with me." Yep. Uh, oh, and by the way, I'm going to work, so you guys are. Yeah, you're stuck with her. I'm cracking a a, a beer too. By the way, we. Um, yeah, we kind of forgot to let you guys know what we're drinking. So obviously, we were fucking around with the audio forever. So we've we've had a few, but I guess we had two that were Big Grove. So we can talk about them. A couple IPAs, I believe it yeah, was. Yeah, um, you know, Big Grove out of uh, Iowa City, Solon, Iowa. Uh, pretty solid brewery. Um, they put out some pretty good hazy uh, IPAs. Um, also was sipping on some uh, Evil Twin Brewing, The Soup. Uh, another, uh, looks like a double India pale ale. Pretty solid, and we're getting into what I call the Game of Thrones beer. So <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So uh, we're drinking My Watch Is Ended. It's a Imperial Brown Ale with uh, some maple syrup and some fenugreek. Uh, yep. Fenugreek is actually tastes like maple syrup anyway, so it's going to yep. be pretty kind heavy. Kind of a double, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Shout out to part oh. reason I bought it is I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. So. Yeah. I don't know how we're tying that into My Watch Is Ended, but certainly uh, well, this one's to you, Alicia. Alicia Silverstone's watch has ended, so yeah. Living on the edge. We'll, we'll, the old Aerosmith <laughs> yep. video chick, too. So, anyways, yeah, I guess we get to the point where we are, yeah, I mean, kids clearly are upset, but the dad's kind of like, hey, this is what's going to happen. We're, we're going up here for Christmas. So, at least it was a month uh, notice, I guess. I don't know if you can get ready. But clearly the kids were busy in this month preparing to go up to the cabin. Isn't that right, Busy Bee? <laughs> yeah. They, uh, uh, yeah, kind of, they're like, whoa, I mean, shit. Uh, you're going to take the girlfriend. So, they're, uh, they're doing a little research on her. Yeah. Start uh, going into dad's office, finding out, like, really, who is her? You know, who is she? Well, I'm thinking they did a lot of the research before, but what we were seeing was as they were researching the whole shtick of the movie. Ooh. That was my take on it. Oh, good call. Yeah, I think, yeah. Well, I mean, right away the reaction of uh, Aiden was, you know, uh, you're going to invite that psychopath up yeah. to our to to the cabin. With so us. yeah, so he knew clearly before then that you know he said he mentioned about her being in his book. I believe is yeah, the way he yeah, put it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So 
when you see, I mean, watching it again for the second time, I was kind of waiting for this part, and I was like, okay, so this is what they're doing is, is they're doing research on this whole, basically, which is the plot twists and swerves with the movie, but... Yeah, and I think that's where it kind of, you know, plays with you that that last third of the movie is who is the one that's causing all this you know, yeah. stuff going on. So, fast forward, the day comes, they're going to go pick her up. The dad kind of breaks the news and says, yeah, so we're going up there and I'm going to drop you guys off and I'm going to go work for a couple days and I'll come back, mm-hmm. which... I for I mean even the first time I was like ah that seems a little fucking weird but whatever, right. so they go to pick up Grace, Grace. yeah which this is where you know if we backtrack a few minutes where I was talking how much time have the kids actually spent with her because was that not like the most awkward they didn't even know she had a dog right yeah no dog so they clearly in the six months must not have had any interaction with her which. <clears throat> All of a sudden, boom, go from like pretty much zero interaction to, hey, I'm leaving you with her for two days over Christmas, which is a fucking holiday right. at that, and a very religious one, yeah. if that has anything to do with it. so Well, even that whole scene, she walks into the car, uh, you know, gets in the car, doesn't turn around to introduce herself even to these kids. It's like they, all right, let's get going, and then she finally turns around and says, hey, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I was uh, very uncomfortable. Kudos to you know to the theme of the movie. They're you right. know really kind of clearly she had some issues too. So I I would imagine that it's probably just as hard for her uh-huh. uh, as you know the kids too. Like she probably felt some because after watching this movie, clearly we know that she was a hundred percent innocent and she was really struggling with getting over this. Oh yeah, and she was a genuine good person. Yeah, I think emotionally she just was probably very stunned and oh, dealing absolutely. with that. I yeah. mean, there's scenes throughout that movie where you're like, yeah, you're like still 12 years old. Yeah, like, I was going to say, so you have to imagine much. that literally by that point, half of her life had yeah. been in that cult. Yeah. So she, yeah, like you said, yeah, it was probably 12 to 15 years of trying to integrate and do a normal Mm-hmm. And, and without kind of getting too far into the movie, I mean, I think that is why Grady, there's that scene about her wanting the dog. And I think Grady was pretty much her only real connection to the real world. Yeah. And I think that was a tipping point of, mm-hmm. you know, the whole movie of her going on the deep end is when, you know, Grady f- <laughs> was a was a dogsicle. So. Yeah. But yeah, so that was a pretty crazy scene in the car, and um, yeah, I- ironic too. I mean, the dad's like, "Oh, I gotta take a phone call." Like, "Oh fuck, yeah, yeah. okay, here we go." <laughs> yeah. But it makes a great scene in a movie. So, well, it plays to the dad already. He's just like he's like a torn dude who's like, "Okay, I'm you know kind of a company man guy, uh, you know, has to deal with his kids, and then he has his girlfriend, and it's like juggling these three things for." You know, throughout this, it's just kind of like, you know, you might want to just kind of pick pick one thing and stick with it. Right. So we get up to the cabin, and it, to me, it's, it's it's yeah, they spent, what, one night there? Yeah. Yeah, spent one night there, and I think he was gone for three nights, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. So spent one night there, and we had a couple good scenes. Let me know if I'm glossing over something here, but... Um, 
you know, they have that, that it, it, it's kind of going pretty good there for a minute, mm-hmm. clearly because of dad is there. But then we get to the scene where they're on the ice, and yeah. that's where I think we get the first, like, what the fuck are you doing when she accidentally grabs. Yeah. Did you think that was on accident, or, or on? do you think that, like, watching it for the first time, do you think that was part of her? Because clearly they're making you, like, who's the bad guy in this? Right. What, what the hell is right. happening? So the first time I saw that, I'm like, God, is she fucking with the kids on purpose? What was your... You know, she wakes up to... Kids are doing their tradition. They're out on the ice, and they're not including her. So I looked at it as like, well, this is a little passive-aggressive. I'm grabbing mom's hat, and I'm walking yeah. out on the ice. Yeah. I, I think that it plays to that thing where the dad is just like, he's not really good he's at it. He's just oblivious. He's, yeah, he's just like, well, hey, you know, I've got a you know, a girlfriend. I mean, even the night before, I mean, he's banging his girlfriend in a cabin that you can hear clearly. Right. Yep. The kids are like, what the hell? And she's... Again, emotionally, she's laughing while having sex. I thought that was kind of awkward yeah. and weird. Yeah, like she that was, was kind of like. I thought about that too. Like you're, she's not all together. Yeah, it's, it's, like yeah, this is kind of an odd. It's very uh, immature. Yeah, very very immature. So it does kind of, um, you know, her waking up. She's just like, great, okay, yeah. they got their thing going. Now I'm stuck in this cabin, and uh, so it could have been deliberate. I think, it, yeah, it, it very does come off that way i think it was yeah. probably not her being so well, malicious now we know it. yeah now we know that it wasn't but at the time yeah and as as well too if we talk about the dad one of the things too that we have to realize is he was completely checked out before all this happened so alicia silverstone's suicide to him was far less impactful obviously to the kids but also to grace Mm-hmm. So he he's just, you know, him being oblivious is just, you know, he's probably over it. And it's he probably has a hard time imagining what the kids are going through, I would guess. I think you're right. I think he's in love with Grace's story. Uh, I think he's, you know, l- loves writing about, you know, that topic that he fell in love with the character of Grace, the, you know, her backstory is she was a, the lone survivor of a mass right. cult suicide, 12 years old. Um, and, yeah, and just probably, yeah, he is quite the oblivious character, obviously. So the next scene we get is a little, I guess, some of the, the, the I don't know what you would call it when she goes through the ice kind of thing, but that was kind of a transition, yeah. I guess. So that was one of the first parts that were like, okay, well, she was trying to save the daughter. So something, you know, were, were I guess at that point of the movie, because you have no idea what this movie is about. So mm-hmm. I'm curious with you as a first time watch when she goes, you know, she's trying to protect um, Mia mm-hmm. uh, from going through the ice and she falls in. Where, where were you thinking this movie is going to go? Because you know you're watching a horror movie because I told you about it. So you're yeah. like, I'm watching a horror movie here, but we're probably 30 minutes into the movie plus, and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I would have think that the, that would have been more of a pivotal moment too, like of the changing, but it was it still was kind of just this lingering, yeah, she's kind of messed up from this. Is it this what sets her over the edge? You know, that 
having the strained uh, uh, kids, you know, the, she unpacks her pills right away when yeah. she gets to that cabin. Yep, so right away right. you're yeah, like, kind of, oh boy, yeah. she's you know kind of a little off too there. Which did surprise me. No, but yeah, you're like, okay, well they're making this. Pretty much when a movie shows you something and it's a close up, you've got to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so having that doll somewhat involved too, being the mom, it's still you know the whole cabin is just reeking of you know Alicia Silverstone's character, um, you know, religious stuff throughout the cabin. She's just slowly like kind of just shifty eyed the whole time. So after she's, uh, you know, warming up by the fire from being you know getting out of the the cold water saving the kids doll uh kids aren't there like thanking her the yeah the dad comes up to her and is like hey here you know it's hot here take some hot hot cocoa and then he's like you know i should probably stay uh and like dude you should just be like go up to her and be like i'm staying staying. this that's messed up and i i want you to know that this is important that we're all gonna you know Instead, he's like, uh, I think I'm going to just stay. So that, yeah, to me, it was just like, again, he's oblivious, kind of letting, you know, not really uh, uh, getting the whole scope of this, how fucked up that he's leaving her with the kids. So one thing I just saw in my notes that I want to run it back to is in the very beginning of the movie with the dollhouse. So, I mean, clearly we've talked about multiple parallels with hereditary but sure. that whole dollhouse thing do you think that i mean clearly it's foreshadowing but how it, it was kind of confusing with me watching this a second time and knowing what to look for they were showing that dollhouse in the beginning of the movie before it even yep happened and so they're clearly I mean, do you do you take that as the the kids were kind of, you know, trying to map it out kind of thing because they show that dollhouse multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah. With them laying on the, you know, the the floor of the living room where the fireplace is. Right, and again, you know that the dollhouse is the actual lodge. It, you know, that lodge is absolutely super important to these kids' life. You know, this family tradition there. Um, but I think they missed that again. That's probably where I'm getting a lower lower score is that they kept dipping back to that dollhouse, but never really. Like it was just just not enough that it didn't piece it together. It was just these kind of transitional things, and I I didn't really get the, you know, seeing, you know, you know, I think they even wrote like murder on one of the doors in the dollhouse or something. And, yeah. You know, one scene the dad's like looking at the dollhouse, and it was just like. Is the dollhouse the thing that it just didn't tie it together enough yeah. for me? No, it was yeah, it was it was kind of a strange yeah. They really didn't they left that up to interpretation for right. sure. So the gun scene with the dad, cl- clearly another foreshadowing thing. Yeah, another kind of issue I have. Why the fuck would you show her where the gun is? I mean, I I can see if you're in the middle of nowhere, but. I mean, do you think she was hiding a lot of her mental issues to him and the pills and whatnot? But I mean, she did. There was a scene where she—I think it was after she got out of the ice. She was like, "I need my pills." And then he comes up. He's like, "Hey, 
I'm gonna get going, and she's like kind of hiding oh, the gotcha. pills okay. in her lap. So I think I think that definitely had something, and then her just knowing how to use the gun like that, and just yeah, unloading yeah. a full clip on a stump. Yeah, and uh, that's a little bit to be uh, you know alarmed. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the craziest thing though that really lets you know she's fucked up is when you cut a sandwich in half diagonal. Who the fuck eat, eats out of the middle of the sandwich? Dude. A kid. And she, it goes back that she's mentally. Yeah. She is, is that so right there? I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, who the fuck takes a first bite out of the middle? It's like your face gets all fucking full of peanut butter or jelly or mayo. It's like, you know, you eat from the corners, people. Come on, what yeah. the? F- <laughs> yeah. yeah, they 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 yeah. certainly did there's play a, to that. Yeah, because clearly the sandwich was a big part of the movie, and I don't know if there's something I'm missing because, dude, how many times did they show her yeah. either making or eating a fucking sandwich? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you're right. I kind of didn't really think about that, but yeah, it is the whole kid side of her. Yeah, I mean, she fucking just was smashing sandwiches for the whole fucking three days. Yep. She probably doesn't know how to cook very well, but well, he said that he's like kids. You, it'll oh be yeah, fun that's time. right. He did. Yeah, she, you know, eat she whatever can't you cook want. Anything you can eat, whatever you want. And clearly, yeah, she'll... easy mac and sandwiches. Yep. So perfect. Um, yeah, I guess the next one I have is let's see. Well, that takes well, off. Clearly, yeah. it's like so. Now it's it's you go like a good eight hours of dad being gone and the kids have pretty much shunned her like they don't want to talk to her yeah don't want anything to do with her so i guess the next question i had in the whole part of the you know this this area we're in with the movie is when did you start guessing which direction this was going because this is when it starts to take a turn because dad leaves and then she takes a shower and you see aiden creeping on her yeah. which we find out is because he's a teenage boy and she's pretty fucking hot yeah but that made you like start thinking like are the kids nefarious in this that's yeah exactly it started playing like well who is gonna be the uh you know the the aggressor the right um, which direction is this going yeah that 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 kind of got me and the, the shrine to the mom what do you mean shrine to the mom the uh, candles lit and had the mom's hat, the doll. Oh, yeah. Like that, I, I started really thinking, I was like, okay, is it going to be Aiden or is it going to be um, uh, the the daughter too? Uh, both of them kind of play a little creepy kids too. Uh, that Yeah, so that, that, that really kind of... To that, to the credit of the movie, yeah, you're still, you know, you're almost two thirds in, and you're like, who is the bad one here? Yeah, it, it, because again, me watching this for the second time, I was like, at what point do you start trying to figure out and have guessing? I was trying to remember when I was in the theater. For some reason, have you ever seen? I'm pretty sure the answer is no, but have you seen Better Watch Out? No. The, you, you need to check that one. I'd put that on your list, but maybe save that one for Christmas because it's fantastic. But I got some Better Watch Out vibes from this movie as far as where I thought the direction was going, and clearly I was wrong. But, yeah, so, you know, we, I guess, get to the next scene, and the next question I had is we start getting a little bit more background I guess you can say with um, 
uh, Grace, and she starts sleepwalking and dreaming really weird things. Mm-hmm. So obviously we know the kids are probably... Did, do, do you think that they were, like, hiding her medicine or putting placebos in it or, or drugging her or, or... You know, and I don't know where that... The, the one scene that I'm in my head is, you know, the... You know... She's confronting the kids, like, hey... You know, I, I want to connect. We need to figure this out. Yeah, and, and, and it, she... Yeah, so at this point, that's why I was saying, yeah, you're right. It does transition from kind of wondering if it's going to be about her being a bad person and because I'm trying to remember I think the first time I saw this I was like because they did kind of set up the beginning of the movie where she was the only one that didn't kill herself so when I was watching this the first time I was thinking like okay so she is going to do the same thing where you know she's going to play off and she's just a crazy psycho killer and and so that that's kind of where I thought this was going is that she was going to kind of do the same role where she was basically going to kill them and, and yeah. make it look like one thing or whatever. But then this is where we transition to, okay, so she actually is trying to connect with the kids, but then in the back of your head, like, is she? Right. Yeah. It's still, it's so they're playing that, you know, her character was very well done in the fact that you're still guessing, is she a psycho or do you empathize with her that she's got some mental like you know issues she's trying to connect with these kids the kids are basically telling her you know well why do you have any problems with me and you know aiden says i just got hormones i'm 17 yeah the best one she's like yeah she's like why don't you want to connect with me or do you just want to watch me in the shower (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, it's pretty good (laughs) and uh so i yeah i think um you know that that connection where they're like, hey, you know, uh, the kids, they're watching a movie all together. It's kind of a gory thing. and then, you Yeah, know, they're the, watching The Thing yeah. and then Jack Frost of, yeah. all, of all fucking movies. <laughs> so then they, they you know, uh, Aiden comes and gives her a hot cup of cocoa as kind of a, uh, you know, a bury yep. the hatchet thing. And she's all like warm and fuzzy like, oh, thanks. Yep. And then clearly the kids are like, no. I think we get like I was like these kids gave her something. Yes, I was. Yes, they slipped absolutely. her a Mickey. Something's up, you know. And then something about like they must have been doing some research. You know, gas heater mixed with this concoction, you're gonna pass out and probably die. See, I I have that exact same heater, and I know like those kerosene heaters, you cannot have them indoors. Yeah. So I hook line and sinker again bought this part so at first i was thinking like oh the kids are fucking with her and they're yep. gonna do something so then we fast forward to the morning and i'm like i was like totally was like they're dead they're yep. fucking dead it's a ghost movie yep so yep i was like oh fuck so that's why i was like on my head with this movie and then i was like how are they gonna end this because i was like if you had pulled me out of the theater and gave me a thousand bucks to give my prediction i'd have been like yeah they're all fucking dead you know, no, and it's movie. funny now that I now that I'm 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 looking back, we're discussing this. I think that they were the the movie's route was to make you think that. I mean, all the way up until the end, mm-hmm. they even the characters were mentioning that. You know, so we're, you we're didn't dead. actually buy it then? No, no, I I I, oh, I seriously no thought it was a botched attempt to kill her. I did not feel that they oh, were all dead. No shit. I thought that the kids were just okay. fucking with her, and honestly wanted to. You snuff her out. Really? Yeah. 
even though they woke up in the same yep. room in the morning yep. and shit. No yeah, shit. I still, I still okay. think that the I've kids, never thought about that. You know, savvy enough, they're researching. Right. They've done, you know, kind of showing that, you know, that they've they've kind of done some things. Uh, but then, you know, th- it started getting more bonkers after that. Uh, wake up. Yeah. No so power. We yeah. So everything we've talked about was, I would say, the first two thirds plus of the movie, and now we're getting to like the final like 20 to 30 minutes and and this is where it completely you know shit gets fucking real and you're really guessing what's going on because yeah they she wakes up she has no idea what's going on um all all the decorations are gone all the food's gone like the house is basically looks like it was before they got there yeah um at, for me, watching it the first time, I was like, yeah, they're fucking dead. You yeah. Know? Because there's, like, scenes where the clock is all, you know, like, Yeah, a week yeah, forward January and, 9th. Yep, yep. I, I, and I looked that up, too. I was trying to find, like, what's the symbolism of that? Um, there was some Roman uh, Greek mythology. Nero commits suicide June, or it was June 9th is what it, it kept saying. Oh, okay. January 9th, sorry. January 9th? January 9th. Yeah. So I was just like, that's weird. But okay, so yeah, who's Nero then? What is he in the? So, so Nero was like adopted by Julius Caesar or something. Had something... oh okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And Nero is kind of a, a yep. popular, you know, cin- some cinematic character, I guess. But sure, uh, didn't it didn't really leave me too much. But I was like, right. that's odd. Yeah, but you're right. You know, I guess to me, maybe I'm. I was just maybe looking at this way too. One-sided, right? Okay, it's got to be the kids. The kids are going to be the the evil characters. It's not, it's not the. See, I know. thought that until I saw that heater, and I was like, I know where this is going. But then now looking back, you know, seeing that the clocks set ahead so far, like yeah, like a week like, ahead, like you're going to have the funeral. Yeah. So we're jumping around a little bit here, but the movie goes back and forth for a little bit. Basically, they're convincing you that they're all dead. Um, they, you know. The foods run out. The cell phones don't work. They wake up in the morning and everything is dead. They have no power. Uh, Grady goes missing. And at this point where you're like, what's what's going on here? Her pills are gone. I mean, it's it's they cleaned everything out. Obviously, at the end of the movie, you find out what happened. But she starts her regression, I guess mm-hmm. you can call it, um, in her mental collapse. And it's just one thing after another. She gets to the point where she's going to leave. And they're like, well, you can't go anywhere. Where are you going to go? So she gets her. And and watching it the second time, you can see that the kids are like, fuck, like this is not going where we want it to go kind of thing. Because she goes out. She finds a house. That's the most oddly shaped house I've ever seen. cross. I mean, it was just like, okay, here's another cross. Yeah, I was like, is she like... Is she hallucinating at this point, or or that's kind of where I was getting is is she's hallucinating and did like a big circle on the lake kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Comes back and she finds the picture frame, uh, and it was like a in memoriam kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Again, they're yep. dead. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, <clears throat> You know, and I guess kudos to M. Night Shyamalan for making us all 
right. think about that sort of stuff. Yep. Like the swerves happening, I know. Um, but I think that it. it yeah, and that's where I think the movie has started to get like, okay, we're really drifting here. Right. It's like, okay, you just give me the hint, a little bit more of a hint that they actually are. I will say that it was a little now? bit drawn out at this point. Yeah. I mean, I can see that they were trying to build tension and suspense and try to, you know, give you the one last, like, we're really pulling off on this exit when we're not kind of thing. But I, I will say that when they do pull out that newspaper article or whatever that's you know got their birth dates and death dates and everything on there you're like what the fuck is going on yeah and you even at that point you still didn't buy it no i i i mean at 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 that point i i still was yeah i i guess it really kind of was one of those things where you're like all right Maybe they are like kind of. I I was thinking it was still like they're gonna wake up from that. Like well, they left the heater on and they're all. Fucked so up. I did think that too. Like it's a dream for a little sort bit. Of thing. Like it's a yeah. You know they're a you know gas coma type thing. I, I so there yeah I did that did run through my mind but I'm like that would be the worst cop out ever. I was like yeah. I would have been pissed if that was a whole movie and then you wake up and the dad comes in because you're like what the f- get out of here with yeah. that yeah so no yeah that that did cross my mind um but i was like there's no way that's going to be the case so we get to the point where she finds grady and then this is where the teeter-totter yeah. is stuck on the other side and there's no going back yeah the kids at this point are clear like okay this has gone too far we've done something wrong we <laughs> we're fucked kind of thing. Yeah. And um yeah, so this is her, you know, the the final chapter of her mental breakdown. And it was it was awesome. Yeah. To me it was it was like, okay, you know, it was probably not well, clearly it was not where I was expecting it to go and it was not where I was kind of hoping it would go, but watching the movie again a second time i was like okay it all makes sense and it's like that's where it needed to go with everything yeah wrapping it up like i i was i was really wanting that straw like give me the straw that's gonna break this whole thing down and it was like okay here it is could it have gone in multiple different ways and i like the route where it went where she's just like okay yep now i'm gonna just go back into my cult like teachings and yeah, I'm going to get super, like, into, like, I'm a sinner and, you know, all this. Uh, yeah, it was, that was a good payoff. Yeah, it, it definitely did. And just you as a viewer being able to witness this absolute breakdown mm-hmm. in the tension build up because the kids are hiding out in the attic and they're not wanting anything to do with her. And then Mia gets up and she's got to go bathroom and you're like, okay, this is, this, we're, this is the, this is where we're going to find out what the fuck is going on. And how about the scene though? Again, reminds me a lot of hereditary, that fireplace. She's kneeling on the, the coals. She's eating the coals. Like that was just creepy as all fuck. Yeah. it, It definitely felt like, yeah, you just, you wanted her to like, you know, all of a sudden like bend her back yes completely contortion and like kind of start just going even more nuts but it was you know we were witnessing the you know 
visually seeing like what mental illness yeah. is like. She's and, she lost it at that point. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to think that just you know a bot a small orange bottle of pills was the only band aid keeping her yeah. whole broken mentality together. Yeah, and yeah, so she starts going crazy, and and you know how is this gonna end? And and at the same time, in the back of your head, like when's the fucking dad gonna get here? <laughs> and then that whole thing, I thought that was gonna go a different way too. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, dad shows up and. Uh, that last five minute scene did you see that going where it went because they did a good job tricking you i will say with her putting the gun on herself and yeah. then pulling the trigger and you're like okay what, yeah what, what, what i guess how did how did how did you see that going down well uh, right away i was like well she either i thought that she had y- that's when I really felt I was like, oh, okay, they kind of could be all dead. And, you know, it that didn't matter. In fact, that's what she was saying. You know, they were, you know, the, I think the way the movie was going is that they wanted you to think that the whole time. Um, so after she, yeah, she pulled the gun on herself and, you know, tried to prove to the dad that, you know, we're all dead. It doesn't matter. And, um, but also in the back of my head, she knew how to work a gun. She, you know, had unloaded on that. that so do you think that she so. knew? See, so that was a pistol. So I think that it was just the chamber had a spent round in it. Oh, yeah. So I, I think she didn't know that it was going to do that. I think she did. I think really? she, yeah, I think she knew. Okay. I, yeah, the way that she, she handled the gun before, it wouldn't have been... He, it makes he, sense, sure. And, and I think folklore with Colts is it does have to do with, you know, self-sufficiency. All these kids are going to be trained on, you know, uh, you know, weaponry. Right. And that sort of thing that she clearly had uh, uh, something. But uh, definitely kept me guessing. I'm not going to lie there. It was balls crazy. Yeah. And then you finally you get that, that final buildup and, you know... She pulls the trigger. I, I did not see that coming, and yeah, drops Richard dead. And I e- even after that point, I was like, "Where is this gonna fucking go now?" Because yeah. the kids run out. They're gonna. Did you think that the kids were actually gonna get away? Oh, jeez. You know, I yeah, you kind of think so, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you're gonna get the whole scene where like that, because that's where I thought I was like, the kids are gonna go away, and you're gonna get the whole scene where it's like the panning camera going back yeah, just and then the, the tra- cop car pulls up and yeah that's or how just it goes. like it's just like that's the sad story yep, yeah was that these kids now have you know they lost their mom they lost their dad i totally thought we were going to get that like oh let's do the big pan back and yep. show like an ambulance and a cop coming and the kids i was like i would have been pissed but i'm glad it did not go down that way no and I think the way that that scene was is just how the scene with Alicia Silverstone, it was a shocking yep. uh, scene. It was one take. It was not multiple shots. It was, here's the scene, five minutes of just kind of, you are just don't know what's going to go on. You know what I would be curious to know is this is something filmmakers do, is I wonder if Alicia Silverstone's suicide was at, you know, 
for example, exactly five uh, minutes and yeah, 16 yeah. seconds in, and him getting shot in the head was exactly five minutes and 16 seconds from the movie. I, you're being probably over. right. I think I can some totally see that. There. Yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, because yeah, I mean that's not the end of the movie. I mean, yeah, the kids try to get away. Clearly, that yeah, they get stuck and that doesn't happen. Yeah, bring them back to the table and then talk about another creepy ass scene with them all sitting there and you yeah. have the dad fucking hunched over. Yep. Dead. And then we get sitting the, all at a dinner table yep. as a family. Yep. We get the whole tape over the mouth, the center. And then yep. the creepiest thing ever is her singing that that yeah. nearer are we or whatever that song. Yeah, some hymnal thing, yep. you know. And the kids a great scene is just they're so fucked, but yet and the daughter start Mia starts yeah, singing. They which just was really yeah, they were weird. yeah, and I was like, well, this is either they're singing to save their lives or they're like they're trying to find some sort of religious redemption, right? Like before I'm cause fucked I know. because yep. I, I and so I need to pray to God, you know. And I totally, if we skip to the well, skip. I mean, we're there. If we get to the end, I totally believe that. They're all dead. At least the kids. I would yeah. imagine she shot the kids, and whether she killed herself or not, but she was at such that mental state where I think that yeah, it did go down that way. But again, I, it, that's the part of this movie. In in I shouldn't say again, but I love the ending that it left it a lot up to interpretation. Didn't have a bow on it. Didn't show him killing it. It just faded out. Yep. With her love it. slapping some sinner duct tape on the kids' mouths, and then you're the last, to the very last shot of the movie is of the gun. So that's yeah. I love it. Yep, yep, yep. Have you seen the void? Yes, yes. I love yes. that ending too. Uh-huh. I absolutely love those endings yes. because I forget who it was. I want to say it was like James Cameron or some crazy actor was like, whatever ending you come up with in your head is going to be better than what yep. I put on screen. So yep. theater it, of the mind, it totally, it totally fits because obviously whatever you want it to be is what you're going to tell yourself it's going to be. And yeah. it's going to be, yeah. So I, I have no problem with endings like that for sure. Yeah. I, and I, you know, I think a lot of, uh, British programming, you know, they, they do things a little different over there, just shorter seasons that yeah, I, I've just been a big fan of those type of movies where just let it end and let me figure it out. Yeah, you know, I, I, I yeah. let me debate about it. Like the thing, yes, which is ironic because I showed that movie in there and yeah. it had a very similar ending. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, yep. they can't just you know yep. not have that in there for sure. But yeah, I mean, I you know, and I and I always think like, okay, after I debate a movie and I you know talk about it more. I, I, I really think that if I'm going to, you know, adjust my score again now, yeah, I mean, I think they missed out on, uh, you know, even more of an epic movie. But, yeah, I'll, I'll probably bump it up to a seven yeah. for me. I mean, as, as far as entertainment value and things and really kind of going back and thinking about things, I think I might have to kind of rewatch the last last third of the movie again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, even the whole rewatching the whole thing, you know, because you know oh, what yeah. to look for and you're trying to find like are they, you know, clearly the movie the first time you watch it they're pushing you in this one direction, but are there underlying mm-hmm. things you're seeing that you're like, okay, okay, yeah, I see I see what you're doing there kind of thing. So 
But no, to wrap up um, the Lodge 2020, as I said, I'm not ashamed to say that it is my favorite movie I've seen so far of 2020. Very, and I've got a buddy too, um, college buddy and I, well, there's about six of us and we have this little chat thing and we always talk about movies and, and uh, my one buddy, huge horror movie fan. I know at this point after being friends for, you know, almost 20 years what mm-hmm. movies he likes and he doesn't and I will say that some people just don't like movies like this yeah um, they're slow burns they don't really get to the point and I know this isn't going to be for everyone but I will say that if you did like It Comes at Night if you did like Hereditary if you do like those slow burns then you definitely um, you know if you've listened to this through the whole thing and you haven't seen it then shame on you but I mean, rewatch this one if you didn't like it. Hopefully, we shed some light on a couple ideas for you. But it does a really good job when it comes to keeping you guessing, and, and it's just well done. I will say that I don't. This is a type of movie where if someone gave this like a one or two, you know, obviously yeah. everyone's everyone's you know entitled to their own opinions. But if you give this a one or two, then. I mean, I just, I mean, you're out in fucking Narnia. We just can't have a conversation yeah, because you're I, not appreciating, you know, proper filmmaking. Agreed. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a lot of really solid attempts and a really a good solid, um, you know, cin- you know, cinema going on in this. Yeah, you know, because I I listen to enough podcasts and I read enough reviews and whatnot to know. And I think the biggest problem is, 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 is if people don't like a movie, they will fabricate shit as to why they don't like it. In reality, when we look at this, we talked about it. It's got a great setting. It makes you feel cold. It's got good acting. Mm-hmm. Really, the only thing I think you can have a problem with is going to be, you know, the, the, the direction of the story, the swerve at the other end. Otherwise, I mean... I mean, you got to give it props for for what it yeah. what it did. It's original, I will say that. In in, you know, it's I loved it. It's yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, you know, I think uh, some of the editing kind of threw you off too. It made you uncomfortable. Where if it was taken by another horror movie editor probably would have like add a little bit more of those 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 jump scares where i think maybe the editing is to really edit the fact or you know to kind of go with the mindset of um grace was that you know she's you know mentally unstable she's dealing emotionally not uh, you know in adulthood so there's like certain things that you know they they kept some of the scenes a little longer they there it's awkward right um I, I love the one scene where they it was just like she just she's sleepwalking she's fucking just uh, you know out oh, there oh just staring over his bed yeah and yeah. or next scene she's banging on the old organ that they have yep. and just like creepy. yeah there's creepy creepy moments like yeah. that that I think yeah you could have put a couple more more of those in yeah I think anyone else would have been like oh we're gonna scare the shit out of the audience yep. instead it's just like ooh she's just mentally you're like yeah. I'm not yeah, because that, that's a really good point. Because yeah, you really could have thrown a whole wrench in the mix and really given a different swerve in showing more of her mental yeah uh, instability with yeah, like you know pushing the keys on the piano piano yeah and those things. So yeah, there definitely was there. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I mean, obviously, every movie gets shot and mm-hmm. is far longer than the final cut you see. So yeah, yeah I, I do think that editing it would, it would have been curious to see. You know, I, I, yeah, I'd be interested to see what the take of you like know a director's cut or something. Yeah, or how they felt about this movie because I mean, yeah. obviously, anything you, you you're putting out, you're putting your neck out there. But yeah. I'm sure there was probably some things that they wanted to maybe flush out a little bit more or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, I, th- I still think it's a solid movie. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad with the recommendation. Yeah. Good one, awesome. boss. What, uh, do you have any final words on the movie <clears throat> for our listeners before we wrap this bitch up? No, I, 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 I well, I will say I am interested in sort of that cult sort of thing. It kind of got me thinking, like, ooh, you know, I mean, there's probably a, a lot of good stories out there about this sort of stuff, you know, whether it's, you know, kind of the, you know, mental collapse or, you know, you're kind of brainwashed in right. one thought, or is it, uh, you know, uh, so I'd, I'd be interested in seeing if there's anything, that, you know, kind of else out there in that, but, um, yeah, just kind of making me think about uh, taking that family vacation with my side piece. You know, don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd better be careful with that. <laughs> awesome. Well, that concludes The Lodge 2020. Stay tuned. Up next, we have the interview with Justin Wayne, director and writer of Slaver Day 7. Thanks again, folks. His movies defined the slasher genre for a new generation. Oh my god. Slaver Day is the best movie I have ever seen in my entire life. On the silver screen, he found fame, fortune, and love. But even horror icons have to battle their own demons. Everything was fine until that backstabbing bitch got a role in a James Cameron film. Turn that camera off! Join us as we ask the question that's on everyone's mind. What happened to Maddox Mason? All right, yeah, buds, we are here with a Joe Blow Horror Show exclusive. I am very excited to announce this interview. We are with Justin Wayne. He is the director of Slaver Day 7. Justin, how are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How are you, Cole? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. It's uh, on the tail end of this this heat wave here. So where are you at? Are you experiencing some of this heat too? or? Yeah, I stayed inside today. Today's the kind of day that reminds you to uh, install your air conditioners. <laughs> <laughs> so it so sounds like I will, I will be doing that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm here in Iowa, and, and I was working outside a lot today, and yeah, it's the last few days, man. It's sweating like a nun at a cucumber farm. It's it's pretty rough out there. <laughs> but uh, where are you at, man? Give us a little background on Justin Wayne. I know you're somewhere in the northeast, you said, or the east. Yep. Uh, so presently I am in Rhode Island, um, which is where I lived for about 30 some odd years. 
Uh, and then I've been doing a little bit of traveling. Then that's been put on hold due to this whole, you know, sure. worldwide pandemic. You may have heard of it. Um, <laughs> yep. So I'm back in Rhode Island, and uh, I will eventually later this summer be stationed in Austin, Texas. Actually, I'm, I'll be moving there. Okay, um, stationed. Are you uh, military then, or? or is no, 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 no. Not, oh, okay. Nothing like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, uh, just, a, just a turn of a phrase, but uh, gotcha. but we we will be shooting back in Rhode Island, so I'm kind of gonna kind of be back and forth between uh, Texas and and Rhode Island. Perfect. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. So I figure, uh, obviously, we're here to pimp um, your Indiegogo, and we'll get into that, but. A, Couple questions I had. We'll just get a little background on you, on Justin Wayne. Um, so I guess, I mean, give us uh, a little background as far as I mean. Are are you horror uh, favorite genre, or or is is it? Because I, I was on IMDb. I see you've actually got uh, a few shorts that you've done. Um, so give us a little background on on your horror. I guess is that kind of your favorite genre, or? Um. So my my first love will always be comedy. Okay, um, that makes and, sense. <laughs> and comedy pretty much has become the bridge into uh, my newfound love of the horror genre. So okay, um, you know I was not quite a you know I never went to school for film or anything like that. Okay, but I guess you can say that I kind of. Uh, you know, your typical film student might turn their nose up at like the horror genre in terms of, uh, you know, not being uh, the home of like high quality films um, that really push the boundaries of, of cinema or, or, you know. And so for, for quite a long time, actually, that was kind of my stance on the horror genre. And, and to be honest, I think that... Uh, the films that came out, you know, probably over the past 15, 20 years or so, on the whole, um, you know, I'm definitely a much greater fan of like 70s, 80s, and 90s horror than, oh, than sure. what we've seen, you know, recently. So, you know, kind of growing up with um, what I would argue is like basically a dilution of the horror, the horror genre. It's really hard to find some like really quality films um, over the past 20 years, as opposed to, um, you know, the, what are now the classics. Yeah. Um, but uh, with Slaver Day 7, you know, I set out to make a comedy uh, that just happened to be about a horror and, in order to appropriately kind of send up the genre, I knew that I was going to have to, you know, get a better understanding of what the horror genre is all about. So, you know, I would say all within the past five years or so is when I really watched like Friday the 13th, like the whole franchise and the Halloween franchise and uh, Scream, you know, the, the list goes on. You know, I just really dug into it. And so I would say uh, I've become a recent horror fanatic as a result of that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I remember when we were chatting here over the last week, and um, I, I watch a few shorts here and there. And I remember when I watched yours, I, I, 
I, I immediately had my co-host and a couple buddies and I was like, you guys got to watch mm. this. So it was, it was great. I'm a huge fan of horror comedies. Um, I, I got to tell you the, I, I'm not sure. Have you seen Tucker and Dale versus evil? I have. Yes. So, so I'm not, sh- to me, that's kind of what I thought of. I'm not sure if you're going for that or not, but I absolutely love that movie. And, and some of the stuff in, in Slaver day seven was, I, I, I mean, I thought it was gold. The, when you Thank open you. with the 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 mom uh and she's smoking <laughs> the cigarette and that line yeah. was yeah that was that was pretty good oh, yeah. so it's a legendary I, line <laughs> yeah that that was that was pretty good so um <laughs> comedy is your your favorite overall genre so what's your what's your overall favorite movie all genres all genres um you know that's really hard for you know someone who loves movies as much as i do to, to sure. pick you know um i will say that my inspiration in becoming you know a, a writer director um you know like tarantino as so many people for uh for our generation you know was an inspiration to uh to pick up the camera yes. and to uh and to make something so you know, uh, I kind of default to just seeing Pulp Fiction, but it, uh, you know, there's there's just way too many to pick from as far as sure. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, no, well, that's, that's my, kind of a loaded what my question. de facto favorite movie is. But uh, you know, so I I just tend to go by like my favorite directors or my, or you know my favorite comedians. Um, okay, you know, gotcha. Like, like uh, Mel Brooks is. A, a very heavy influence on me as a filmmaker as well. Um, okay. And I think, I think that kind of comes across in our short and uh, it'll definitely come across in our future as well. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm fairly familiar with Mel Brooks. Um, his son, however, Max Brooks, one of my favorite books is the zombie survival guide. So I, uh, uh, yes. I, I yep. Yep. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more familiar with him. Uh, <laughs> sounds like Tarantino is, is a pretty big, uh, influence on you as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ironically enough, I recently saw Pulp Fiction and yeah, I, I love that movie. Um, and what, what about horror? Uh, do you have a favorite horror movie or, or. I do that, okay. that one, that one I can answer with a hundred percent certainty. Um, I'm a huge, huge scream fan. I was going to, that was my first guess. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So, you know, the, uh, the whole meta take on the horror genre, um, I am basically billing our feature film as the next scream. Like, um, so Terrifier, I think did a great job kind of reintroducing, uh, you know, like eighties slasher icons, like kind of reinvigorating that genre and bringing it back. And, uh, I, my goal with our feature film of Slaver Day is to bring back, uh, Wes Craven's scream and kind of get the meta horror comedy going. Awesome. Again. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, Terrifier was one of my we one of the things we love to do our our top you know everybody loves a list show as we say so a top five top mm-hmm. ten but oh yeah uh, 2018 Terrifier was in my top top ten so I, I that was that was a great movie and it's it's awesome to see movies like you know these movies break out from 
anything from uh, Terrifier or, or The mm-hmm. Void and, and hopefully your upcoming movie, you know, yeah. these, these indie low budget movies, it's awesome seeing them get recognition. That's, and That's the thing, you know, is I really feel like the future of the horror genre, it's in the hands of independent filmmakers, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we touch on this in our, you know, Indiegogo pitch video that all we've gotten essentially over the past 20 years from Hollywood horror is remake or reboot. Yep. And now they're starting the new trend with, you know, I know a lot of people liked Halloween 2018. I wasn't one of them, but you know, that aside, um, I think it's really troubling that now the new trend is going to be, we're getting these reinventions where, it's a sequel to the first movie and then we ignore everything else that happened. Like that's just going to start happening now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It already has. Yes. And it's yeah. like, why, when do we get something new? And you know, there's, it can be done. Yes. <laughs> you know, new ideas can still happen and we feel like we've got something really unique. We've got a good, good cast and crew returning from our short film that, you know, has won some awards in, in the festival circuit. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, we're just, we're ready to give people something new. So, yeah. Sounds like that's been featured in, I think I saw like 12 to 14 film festivals uh, and yeah, it's got a handful of awards. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's had a really good run and that's, that's the thing. Like the, uh, the feedback, on uh on our short film Labor Day 7 is tremendous um in fact I like to joke that it's the most liked uh video on YouTube it actually has like a hundred percent likes which you never see yeah <laughs> yep it's, all, and, it's uh, awesome my you know uh Derek Moore who plays Maddox Mason our masked killer always jokes that I'm gonna jinx it every time I say that yeah. but so far <laughs> yep. so knock good. on <laughs> Knock on wood. So yeah, like we've got over a thousand views and zero dislikes, and the uh, the likes just keep going up. So okay. we know this is something that people want to see. Um, the the Indiegogo is off to a really good start, so I think that's proof of it too. Yeah, it's you're just, up to over thirty two hundred bucks. I saw shortly. So oh wow, okay. Yep. So you looked even more recently than I did. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, that's that's great news, but. Uh, yeah, it's just like, we we know it's something people want to see, but as an indie filmmaker, you know, like, uh, it's, it's tough to get your name out there and to get that exposure and um, to, to basically put it in front of people and go, you know, what do you think of this? And, you know, so, because we have to spend so much of the budget already uh, to make the film you know, the, the marketing budget is uh, is not necessarily an afterthought, but pretty sure. damn close. So uh, I'm going to back this up just a little bit, a little bit of what we were talking about. I'm curious on your take with the whole Bloomhouse production and, and, and how they're pumping out horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you familiar with, with uh, you know, Jason Bloom and the Bloomhouse production company? I guess I'm curious what your take is on that. Um, so that's something I've watched from afar. Sure. I, I would say, I wouldn't say I'm completely, uh, you know, 
familiar with it, but um, I've seen, I feel like the first couple of years I started seeing that name, that, that production company, um, they were just pumping out hit after hit. And I'm like, damn, like, yep. yeah, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's, it's kind of, a. um, I would say it, it, it really, it's, it's a hard two-sided topic. It seems like there's only two sides of this coin. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it goes to what you say is because, you know, they are, there's not a lot of originality. They're kind of, you know, trying to exploit the horror genre and, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to make money at the box office. But on mm-hmm. the same side of that, you know, the same coin, the other side, it's, it's there, they are putting, um, you know, more attention to the horror genre as well too. But it right, sounds right, like, right. yeah. So it sounds like, I guess I'm excited and I truly hope that everything works out for you because I am excited to see what you can do uh, with something as original as this uh, as well. So uh, back to you, just a couple questions here. Uh, I, I guess I'm curious. We talked a little bit about kind of what got you, your influences, but what got you into, I guess, the, the whole directing and writing role that, you know, where'd this passion come from? Is it something yeah. you've always had growing up with school or, or yeah, your yeah. class or? Yeah. So, um, I would have to say it started, you know, just with the love of storytelling. Um, I would, I remember as early as like maybe like first grade, uh, you know, writing stories, you know, back then it was like for, for class. And then, mm-hmm. you know, throughout middle school and high school, I would just uh, basically write these scripts for movies that would never be made. Or I guess, you know, they were more like, uh, you know, more like 20 minute, 20 to 30 minute TV, television episodes that would never exist, you know, and then I would email them back and forth with my friends and stuff like that, you know, just a bunch of inside jokes that no one else would get. Um, Are you in the generation of uh, Goosebump books, R.L. Stein? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Definitely grew up watching, uh, well, watching, yeah, but uh, reading a lot of Goosebump books. Um, and then, you know, I was that kid that also kind of commandeered the uh, the family camcorder and, sure. you know, tried to make my own stories, pointed the camera at my sister or my friends when they would be over for the weekend, tell them what to say, tell them what to do. And uh, back then it was obviously on like a cassette tape. So I was editing on the fly. If they messed up a take, we just rewound and re- recorded over the bad take and that kind of thing so it really was just like a passion right from the start and uh it's always just kind of been a hobby for me and then it became a hobby that I just incrementally got a little bit more serious about as the years went on and I started relinquishing some responsibilities you know like hiring a, a a cast and crew as opposed to you know using my own personal camera and uh forcing again my sister and my friends you know like actually sure. having true actors and actresses in, in, in an actual crew so um and now we've reached the point where you know we've had a successful festival run um and we're we're we we've got a great script and most of the cast and crew is returning from the short and we feel like we're at a place where we're going to make an awesome feature film. 
So shifting towards uh, Slaver Day 7 here, um, that, that, that was, that's a good segue with the last thing you said. I, I'm curious mm -hmm. about your connection with the actors. Um, friends of yours, did you, did you hire them, grow up with them? Give us, give us some background on that. Sure. Um, so I guess I would say that, um, so I didn't, completely stop uh, pointing the camera at my sister because she did play Delilah Bloodworth. Um, okay. But she she's kind of, you know, typecast in that role where I just know that she'll nail it and, and, mm -hmm. and she did. Um, but as far as uh, like Derek Moore, our masked killer, uh, Paul Noonan, who plays Barry Bones, the uh, Unsolved Mysteries-esque, uh, interviewer slash host, um, Sissy O'Hara, who plays Maddox's mom. Um, you know, those were just actors and actresses that I got in touch with just from working in the Rhode Island, local Rhode Island industry over the years. Um, you know, they're, they're just really talented and luckily, you know, they're, they're in the same boat relatively as I am and like you know they're talented people who you know could be in Hollywood like there's no doubt in my mind they they could and should be there um it's just really about getting that exposure getting that break and uh and to reach that next level that next step and uh, there's such awesome people that I am so glad to be working with them. And uh, I, I really hope that it happens for, for all of us. Yeah, that, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I guess, so with the short that you made, I saw you made it for $600. That, that seems crazy for me. So, so mm -hmm. what, what, how does, I really don't know much about budgeting for a movie. Uh, we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about the marketing. I know that's got to be a huge chunk of it. So mm -hmm. when you're budgeting for a movie, how, how do you kind of figure that out? Yeah. Uh, well, luckily, like we only made it for 600 because uh, the, the cast and crew worked for free. So okay. this, this was all paid out of my pocket but most of that budget went to uh, feeding the cast and crew, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. costumes, props, um, and, and, and that kind of thing. Like, that, that was almost exclusively our budget. Sure, um, sure. And that's, you know, we, we all worked on it together over a two-and-a-half-day shoot because it was a story that, um, you know, everyone believed in. And uh, even now, returning for the feature, it's it's something that we think has legs, and we think it could go places and and catch on, and uh, and be really popular. But um, since this is a feature film and it's probably going to involve like a twelve-day shoot, uh, I have to be much more responsible about you know doing a script breakdown and trying to figure out all right what's the most cost-effective schedule that we can set up this time because um, I cannot ask them to work 12, 12 hour days for free. Right. <laughs> Let's go around. Um, even though I'm, I'm positive they would do it because that's how dedicated they are to the craft and that's how much they, they believe in it. Uh, but it's just not fair. So um, 
you know, that's the kind of thing that we have to budget for uh, props, locations, makeup, special effects. We want to have a lot of practical special effects. So a large part of the budget's going to go to that. And, uh, and you know, the, uh, the whole coronavirus thing throws in a big, you know, snag too, because it makes it really hard to set up a schedule when, you know, say we have to shoot at a salon. We have a salon in our script. Um, you know, they've been, only been open in Rhode Island for the past week. So how I do I suppose so they're packed, huh? Yeah, like how do <laughs> I approach a salon that hasn't been open for a month and a half um, and can't even say for sure that they will be still in business uh, right. when we want to shoot in August, you know? So uh, it's definitely a little bit more complicated with that, but... Um, I've had a lot of success in figuring things out. And, you know, I just recently watched One Cut of the Dead. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, but, I have. Yep. Um, exactly how that the last 30, 40, 45 minutes of that movie plays out. That is 100% my experience with filmmaking. <laughs> and uh, A lot of improv. And, yeah. Exactly. We will throw Slaver Day together like that and, and make something great if we have to. Like, you just got to get it done. Perfect. So, yeah, leading into a couple of questions that I was going to ask. Uh, sounds like the script is done. Um, is it something you've been working on for a while or, or did you get inspiration after doing uh, Slaver Day 7? Or? Mm -hmm. um, so I keep a notebook of ideas um so you know probably over the past year i've just would write different things down um but i would say about 80 to 90 percent of the script was just you know it was all put together um just stream of consciousness while i was writing um it took me about five weeks to write and when I say five weeks, I mean, I spent the majority of every day for five weeks oh, <laughs> writing wow. the script. Um, but it, uh, it has, and believe me, there were parts of that writing experience where I hated what I had. Um, but the final product here, it's, it's a story that I absolutely love. And uh, I think it is... You know, I'm I'm billing the feature as ten times funnier and a hundred times gorier uh, than Slaver Day Seven, and I I just think as good as Slaver Day Seven is, as much success as it has, um, our feature film is is going to be that much better. That's awesome. So moving into the, I, I guess the, the one, I have two questions I've been staring at for the last ten minutes. I got to ask you the Slaver Day game. Yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta give me some background on the game and the cereal. That sure. I've been thinking about that since I saw that on your Indiegogo days ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we wanted to. I one of my goals with not only the Indiegogo campaign, but just in general, is to show that Slaver Day is not just another. Uh, you know, indie feature film. Like we want to go the extra mile to separate ourselves because we think we have a truly unique idea and uh, opportunity to make something special. 
And one of the ways that we wanted to kind of uh, separate ourselves was to come up with these very unique perks. Um, so this is stuff that I've planned like way back in February. I, I've, I reached out to game developers on Reddit and, uh, you know, just because I, I know that, you know, if I'm an independent filmmaker who's excited about making a film, you know, uh, and getting my name out there and, and willing to spend this amount of time and this amount of money to, to get it made, there is someone in the indie video game industry who's trying to do the same thing. Absolutely. And, so it was my goal to partner with as many of these people as possible. So that's how we got uh, the Slaver Day action figures made. You know, uh, Evan out in Tennessee, I've never met him face to face, but he's passionate about creating these custom action figures. And, uh, and so I contacted him about, you know, making some Slaver Day action figures and you know, it's it's like a win-win for both of us. We both get to do what we love, and we both get to kind of uh, cross-promote each other and get our names out there. So we're doing that with this with the the cereal as well, which um, we're still trying to figure out what the cereal is going to be. We're going to test some different cereals, um, but we will make our own cereal, own homemade cereal. It will have a uh, white cut white marshmallows with some red dye on them you know you gonna put like a little little toy or or like a magnet or something like you you find yes we're gonna actually do slaver day temporary tattoos as the oh that is that is awesome cereal box so we we are going the extra mile and the the slaver day video game is going to be eight levels uh where you control you control maddox over eight levels um and it works kind of like a uh, a Mario game where it's a side scroller, eight bit graphics, um, and your goal is to make it to the end of the level and kill as many uh, victims who are wearing white as possible. And uh, and the levels are, you know, themed differently. That you know, chase people through the woods, uh, through the city, and obviously every horror franchise goes to space which is a joke that we made in our yeah. short oh yeah um, so there's going to be a space level in the video game that only makes sense i i gotta tell you this it's reasons like this i mean it's it truly is genius i mean you guys like you said it's unique and i i really think that you you've got something special going on here just i mean the slaver day game and cereal and it, that's genius so I, that's got to work that's awesome marketing um into slaver day seven you answered this question here i the first time i got it um i got this vibe and i remember being a young kid at my grandma's house for the first time and like woke up i fell asleep on the couch watching tv and i woke up to like the most terrifying sound ever in this voice and it was unsolved mysteries so <laughs> you absolutely nailed that intro because that's the same vibe I got. So I got to give you, Thank you. <laughs> bravo on that one. Um, okay. So we haven't touched on this yet. Your inspiration for Slaver Day 7. What's, what's the story on that? It, it's, I mean, that's as unique as, as everything else we've talked about. A killer that sure. kills. So yeah. give us that info. 
Uh, well, so Slavery Day 7 actually started as a 48-hour film project uh, submission. So the way that the way that uh, competition works is um, they give you a prop, a line of dialogue, a genre, and uh, a character. And you have to put all those elements into a script. And uh, we were actually doing the horror 48-hour film project. And we got holiday horror as our category. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, like what holiday hasn't been done yet? And we're like, all right, well, what about Labor Day? And then obviously the title Slaber Day came shortly after that. I'm like, all right, well, he kills people where, you know, so it just kind of, uh, it just kind of went from there. And then, uh, yeah, that it just grew from that idea. And, you know, uh, when we, since then, whenever we say, all right, so it's called Slaver Day, and it's about a mass serial killer who kills people who wear white after Labor Day. Um, people chuckle every time. At, at the very least, we get the chuckle. Yeah. And, uh, and they all want to see that movie. I've never seen someone say, I don't want to see that. So <laughs> yeah, it well, it's, yeah. it's a good idea. I mean, how many, you know, horror movies have there been revolving around you know christmas for example i mean right right that, right you know, so that yeah and and the brilliant thing about you know a movie called slaver day with the premise that we're promising is uh it sets the bar at such a ridiculous level that we truly are free to do whatever we want you know like mm -hmm. you know it's not like someone can who has no idea what they're about to watch can go Oh really? You know, like that's that's ridiculous. Like, it's called Slaver Day. What did you expect? You know, so everyone knows we're in on the joke. Hopefully, they're in on the joke with us. And uh, and for ninety minutes, we're gonna take you on a wild ride that you know is a celebration of the horror genre, just as much as our short film was. Awesome. Okay, so moving on to uh, Derek, um, the actor for Maddox Mason. I love that name. I mean, I, I think mm -hmm. if you're going to have a slasher movie, and especially uh, one where you're thinking about, you know, multiple films, you got to mm -hmm. have a catchy name, and, and Maddox Mason is perfect. Um, it rolls off the tongue. It does, it does, yeah, and it's unique as well. What's... Give us uh, the background on that. What was your inspiration for not only the name, but also the character? Okay. Uh, so as a writer, I, I'm very proud of, you know, some of the things I come up with. <laughs> you know, I, I give myself a pat on the back. Uh, but names, forget it. I cannot come up with a <laughs> really? name. Oh, that's like the worst thing. Like... Here's an example. In, in Slaver Day, in the script right now, uh, there's a character named Jeff. And uh, that's only because I knew that one of my actors, Jeff Blanchett, would be playing that character. Like, I just didn't even bother to come up with the name. I just <laughs> wrote it with him in mind, and I kept his name. And uh, 
who knows by the time we shoot whether it'll change or not. But well, it like, depends if it's a Jeff with a J or a G. So you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's that's how that's how lazy I am when it comes to like naming. I just don't like to spend time on it. Sure. Um, so Maddox Mason, we completely lucked out. I went to like a uh, a, a name generator online, and that's what it pumped out. And we no went kidding. with it. We went with it, and uh, and we've kept it because again, just rolls off the tongue. Sounds it does. great. Yeah, you know, I never could have come up with that on my own. So that's that's literally, you know, it's kind of like uh, I forget his act. Uh, what's his name? Donald Grub- Glover or something like that. Yep, uh, Danny Glover or Don. There's no, a Don. Uh, the uh, childish Gambino. Oh. Um... Yeah, he was in Friday Two, I think, wasn't he, Donald Glover? Um, I I can't remember his name, but I do know that he got his rap name from a Wu Tang uh, name generator. No kidding. And so that's that's pretty much how Maddox Mason came to fruition. Oh and, yeah, uh, as, I'm I'm as, thinking of someone completely different. Yeah, Donald Glover. I yeah, I see him. He's in the new Star Wars. But anyways, right. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And then from, you know, as far as like the, uh, the inspiration for the character, um, we just kind of thought of a few things like, you know, if he's killing people for wearing white after Labor Day, he has a little bit of like a fashionista side to him. So Mm -hmm. he should be well-dressed. He should, uh, you know, his weapon should be like these giant fabric shears. So that's where the scissors came from. That was my next question, the significance with the scissors. So fabric yep. shears, that makes sense. Exactly. And, you know, we uh, we made this before Us came out. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I then, thought about that, but I was like, well, this was probably done before Us. So Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're like, damn, you know, Us is using the scissors, but um i i would still say they're they're a widely underutilized weapon so i think we're gonna stick oh, sure. with that and, and, and keep going absolutely okay so moving on to the new movie i guess give us um for anybody that has not seen slaver day seven yet um and really is unaware give us um w- what is the new movie uh, about what's it going to be about sure well, the uh, the good thing is you don't have to see Slaver Day Seven to to know anything about uh, our future film. But they um, should go Slaver- out and watch it anyways. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. absolutely. Like, yes, it, it gives you a good taste of what to expect in the future. So Slaver Day Seven was our proof of concept short. Um, typically, in a proof of concept, you're gonna show like a scene or you know like a short twenty minute version of what a sure. N- of what your feature length film would look like. Uh, we were a little bit more ambitious than that. We showed you what the entire franchise would look like, you know? So like uh, he would go to, Maddox would go to space in the fifth movie, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. we're talking about the first movie. Like we gotta make the first one first. Yep. So the first movie um, is gonna serve as Maddox Mason's origin story. Um, so, Basically, while he is murdering these college students for wearing white after Labor Day, that's their crime, um, you know, he's killing them one by one. Uh, 
they need to work to kind of to kind of uh, dig deep into uh, his past to figure out. Because you got to keep in mind, they don't know that that's why he chooses his victims. So they they need to figure out first that he kills he is killing them for wearing white after Labor Day, and then secondly, they need to figure out why he's doing it. Uh, and there is a reason like that's, you know, so it's, you can kind of go into the film thinking that, oh, that's just like a fun little gimmick, but we spent a lot of time coming up with a, a very satisfying and hilarious reason for why Max kills people pouring white after Labor Day. And, uh, so they're going to have to figure out why he's doing that, uh, before it's too late. And uh, the mask, I forgot to ask, is there any um, background or story on the mask or? Yep. Uh, so it's a really simple answer, actually. Uh, we had 48 hours to make a movie, uh, a horror movie, the original mm-hmm. Slaver Day 7. And uh, we went to Party City and that was the mask we picked. <laughs> okay, there you go. Easy <laughs> enough. So. Uh, as far as you touched on this before, but, um, it sounds like your goal is to start shooting in August. Mm-hmm. Is it? Okay, perfect. And you said that you're going to have the whole thing wrapped up, excuse me, uh, in about 12 days. That's your goal. That's the goal. Uh, okay. You know, there's, you know, obviously a lot of ebb and flow again with, you know, like, who could have foreseen the pandemic and then who could right. have foreseen, you know, uh, the protests and the riots now and how's that going to affect, you know, the, uh, the COVID numbers and, and that kind of thing. So like, does that set us back as a country? Like, right. so we have no choice, but to uh, push forward in pre-production as if it's all going to work out for August. Um, but obviously that's an ever changing situation. Um, but I do promise that if we do reach our goal in the, uh, in the Indiegogo, we will make this movie one way or the other. (laughs) And God forbid you don't make your goal. Um, do you have any plans, any backup plans, anything like that? Um, I did not make a backup plan. I'm positive we would look into alternatives, but uh, I'm the kind I'm the kind of guy that uh, you know. I think the best plan A is no plan B. So absolutely, and and I mean, when I checked this two days ago, you were at eighteen hundred, and you're already well over three grand. So I. I I think you're well on your way for that. Yeah, so. we're we're doing great. I mean, the uh, the 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 statistic I really latched onto. This is my first crowdfunding campaign, um, but one statistic I specifically wrote down uh, is that um, campaigns that reach thirty percent of their goal within the first week have an eighty percent chance of reaching their total goal, and. Uh, it's you guys been, are damn near halfway there, so. Exactly. We're halfway there, and it's been less than a week. So I think, uh, I think we're going to make it. Awesome. So when, when can we expect um, 
a final product, uh, Blu-rays and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of feel it out. We, uh, obviously first we have to shoot the movie and, um, I think we can probably get close to a final edit, um, by the new year. Um, and then, you know, we're probably going to do a bit of a festival run just to see if Mm -hmm. there's any kind of, uh, interest in the traditional distribution market. Um, cause we do think we have something that good that, sure. uh, that it could get picked up. Um, so we're going to play it by ear. I originally, when I was writing the script, I was completely prepared to take a self distribution model. So, you know, I would expect it, you know, if it doesn't get picked up or if we don't get a deal that satisfies me enough, um, then I would expect it by, uh, by Halloween. Awesome. Awesome. 20, 2021, of course. Yeah. Yes. You know, yep. Um, yeah, that'd be a quick, pretty quick turnaround for August and <laughs> Halloween of this year. So yeah, <laughs> before we wrap this up, I guess me personally, I, I don't know a whole hell of a lot when it comes to filmmaking. So, um, give me a little, uh, I guess, kind of schedule how, how, how this works. It sounds like the shooting is the easy part and the whole post-production, uh, is, is what takes a while. So give, give me a little, like a, like a one or two minute kind of process of, of what goes into the post-production of a movie. Sure. Um, well, I can only speak from, my own process, which again, I never went to school for it or anything. Um, I think I have a knack for editing and kind of post-production, that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, technically there are things that we will probably have to pay for with this feature that I've kind of been able to just get by on my own for like a 12 minute short, like, like sure. Cyber Day 7. So, you know, like not only do you have to edit the film in its entirety um but there's a sound mixing is takes forever (laughs) yeah you know uh they they will add sound like a good sound mixer will add sound effects that you didn't even realize you needed you know like footsteps or you know just what have you um you know things that again in the finished product you won't even realize and yet it does undoubtedly enhance the final oh yeah it's something you don't unless it's gone you don't realize it exactly so uh sound mixing's big uh having someone to to color grade um that's going to be big um it's just and then we we actually do plan to have uh, at least one really big visual effect um, involving. So we, we've we got a kill that involves um, a character tripping on LSD okay. while, he's, while he's being killed. So you can expect some, the way I envision, envision it at least, we're, we're going to try and do something like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but mm-hmm. as, you know, while someone's being killed. Um, so that's obviously gonna take some time to, to do right in post-production as well. All right. Well, listen, man, I, it's, I, I am 
probably more excited than I should be for this. I, I just loved having you on here and talking about this. Um, I honestly hope you get to Slaver Day 4 because when I saw <laughs> – <laughs> and you got to keep that 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 uh poster art too slaver day four trying to fuck that that's that's pure gold that's i i think uh, i'm gonna love this because it's right up my alley when it comes to the uh the the comedy part of it so awesome. um everybody on here uh the joe blow horror show will be making a contribution to this so you can look forward to seeing uh our Thank logo you. i believe it was uh, uh so uh, you'll probably see our logo in in the movie so you and i will That's chat about awesome. that later thank you um and what we're gonna do is anybody that contributes whether it's the minimum or not um shoot me a message email facebook and you will be entered in uh that giveaway that we are doing that's going to be an extra uh enter into that book uh as well oh, too so, thank you so much yeah absolutely um any do you have any last um Questions, comments, anything before I make you run the gauntlet? <laughs> um, no, I would just say, you know, uh, our campaign's off to a really good start. Um, we've had a lot of, like, really big contributions, you know, like $500, $350, like, you know, probably, like, most of our contributions out of, like, the 30 or so we've had are, like, 20 uh, sorry, like 200 to $500, which is great, you know, um, yep. but I would actually feel a little bit better if we had some more like 10 to $50 contributions, you know, um, yep. because every, every little bit helps, you know. Um, oh, absolutely. And, it definitely and, adds and up. We, we truly appreciate it because we, we can't make the movie without you. And that's, that's why, you know, every backer, you know, like forget you know, like, you know, some, some campaigns just tweet out, Oh, thank you. And then, you know, whatever your username is sure on, on Instagram or whatever, like we want, we'll put your name first and last name in the credits because that's how grateful we are um, to have this opportunity to create what we truly believe is going to be something great. And that passion is exactly, I, I don't think I'd be excited as excited for this if it wasn't the passion and just how everything is so unique. And, and I can tell that you guys have put a lot of work into this. And I mean, all I got to say is Slaver Day cereal. I mean, come on, that's, that's <laughs> r ridiculous. So again, um, everyone at the very least, give them a shout out, whether you have other podcasts or, or social media at the very least give them a shout out if you can throw a few bucks their way uh you heard what's what's involved it's going to be it's going to be awesome so um unless you have anything else uh we're going to move into the gauntlet that's it i'm ready for this gauntlet all right so the gauntlet uh we're going to run through this it's going to be one word answers for the most part um if you don't want to answer anything just say the word pass and it's going to be rapid fire Justin Wayne, director of Slaver Day 7, are you ready? All right. I'm, I'm not too quick on my feet, but I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> All right. Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Beer or liquor? Mm, beer. Hockey, football, baseball, or basketball? Football. Ass or titties? <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh. 
Let's go ass. Stand or sit when you wipe? I kind of hover. Homebody or out with friends? Mm, out with friends. Fishing or hunting? Fishing. Cannibal Holocaust or a Serbian film? Mm, I've never seen either, so I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> rather, <laughs> rather go blind or go deaf? Deaf. Top half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie or bottom half of Margot Robbie and top half of Hulk Hogan? Oh, boy. Uh, damn. I like a pretty face. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Hulk's face. <laughs> Penis-sized nipples or nipple-sized penis? Penis-sized nipples or nipple-sized penis? Um... Damn. Uh, Penis-sized nipples, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Rock or country? Rock. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Doggy or missionary? Mm. I'm going to go missionary. Freddie, Jason, Michael, or Leatherface? Michael. Slasher, zombie, supernatural, or creature feature? Big surprise here. Slasher. Chucky or Leprechaun? Oof, Chucky. John Carpenter or Wes Craven? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, those are my top two. Uh, damn. Uh, I got to go Carpenter. Ari Aster or Jordan Peele? Oh, that one's an easy one for me. Jordan Peele. 90s horror or 2000s? 90s. Hills Have Eyes original or the remake? Original. Slow Burns or To the Point? Ooh. I'm going to go Slow Burn. First horror movie you ever remember seeing? I think it's going to be... It's either one of the Leprechauns or Child's Play. Awesome. That's the gauntlet. Thank you very much, Justin Wayne, for coming. Oh, and, and I and, survived. Yes. And guys, please make sure you go check them out. Uh, I will have the Indiegogo link in the notes. Um, otherwise, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Mm, that was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. <laughs> 